Uh, today we got Magnus Apperberg from uh, Finland, who is, um, well, he, he's a lot of things actually, so what, I don't want to put him in a box, but we're actually interviewing today because uh, he's come, he just came out with a new book about taking uh, ice baths. So uh, welcome, Magnus. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. Welcome, Magnus. This is, this is going to be very interesting, Daniel. Um, I can't seem to get my head around why somebody might want to jump into a freezing cold lake for one hour, but not only the psychology behind it, but the physiology behind it. By the way, what's the name of your new book, Magnus? It's, uh, it's in Swedish, Iskall Sinestrid, which is in, uh, translated into English, like ice cold peace of mind. Ice cold peace of mind. Wow. Yeah. Here is. Here is Magnus by, <laughs> here is Magnus, by the way. So, yeah, I read it. Fantastic book. So, uh, and I think we're going to dig into that because I think, like Patrick said, one hour is, uh, of course, super extreme. But uh, once upon a time, even for you, even though you're finished, you were a beginner as well. I, so, I, I, I was a beginner. Yeah. So, so can you take us back to where it all started? But also, we're going to dig into this, how you, what you can do if you're a beginner, if you're new to this, and if you've done it for some time, which most people have done in Finland. But also, for those people who really want to push it, uh, what they can do. So uh, please go ahead and uh, give us some uh, brief uh, history. Well, brief, brief history. Uh, well, um, I'm 61 years old, so now no history can be brief. <laughs> 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 and by the way, I'm going to be grandfather for the second time very soon, any day. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, so uh, about ice bath, me as a Finn, I've been doing it since I was young. And the, the usual thing is you jump in, you scream, you jump out. And then you go to the sauna and have a big laugh and then you repeat that. And I've been doing that for 30, 40, 40 years, something like that, before something uh, extraordinary happened. Uh, so no matter how often I went to the sauna, into the ice uh, and, and repeated that, the exposure times didn't very much uh, expand and that, so it, it, it got so unpleasant, I had to get out. And I remember like 10, 15 years ago, one winter, I really tried to uh, swim. So when I got uh, at maximum, I got to up to 25 meters and it was like I could barely move my fingers anymore. So you can't blame me for not trying before. But then something magical happened like uh, six or was it seven years ago, I met a, 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 a diff, quite different yoga teacher, Simon Borg Olivier from Australia. So he has nothing to do, do, to do with the cold because he comes from subtropic area. Uh, and I've been, uh, now I've been a full-time Ashtanga yoga teacher for more than 20 years. So, so yoga bre breathing, uh, the, I mean, the whole package was very familiar, but he somehow, in very few sentences, opened my eyes to that I know shit. And what he was talking was about CO2, about uh, vasodilation, uh, about uh, uh, oxygenation, the board effect. And I was like, hey, 
nobody's listening, really. Why don't you, everybody scream, wow? And then I, I, I started to apply these ideas of, about uh, uh, even longer exhalation. You know, in, in, in pranayama, yoga breath, you, you kind of breathe in for four counts, breathe out for eight counts. And it's because you want a more parasympathetic response. So always my, 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 my uh, question has been, why only one ratio two? Why not one ratio 10? Something like that. But the, in, uh, so, so uh, this Simon kind of, he was like, yeah, why not? Let's do it. And uh, I, I start to apply the idea of even longer exhalation to get uh, uh, even higher CO2 tolerance. And somehow that impacted my cold exposure that I could suddenly swim, swim 200 meters. And that was, wow, something has really happened. What about if I start to prepare myself before the ice bath, what <laughs> would happen? And it happened that I could sit for half an hour and it was like, what is going on? And at that point, I really wrote you, Patrick. <laughs> but uh, do, uh, I wrote to uh, numerous, numerous people. And you were kind of uh, one of the few ones who responded. Well, it's, it's hard not to. And I think your email address was the Society of Ice Holes or something to that effect. <laughs> so I says, yeah, so I said, there's something in this one. <laughs> yeah, but that, that was the first approach, humor, and very funny social media videos, which uh, kind of uh, uh, was something I never experienced before. You, you don't get half a million views just like that. Uh, but, but then, then uh, uh, a friend of mine who, who uh, said, listen, get me in shape. Do what you have to do. Get me in shape. I'll put your business in shape. <laughs> so I put him in shape. And he said, listen, humor is nice, but let, let's make this uh, sound proper. So now I call it the ice lab method. Oh, that's so, yes. Yeah, now, so now we're getting it. And, uh, <laughs> and you know what's, what's, helped, what's striking me, Magnus, is you've been doing this for such a long, long time. And I don't want to be kind of disingenuous, but how come people have not heard of you? And how come people have not heard of your feats? It's kind of interesting because I suppose so many people associate cold water immersion with the Wim Hof technique, but yet you've been doing it for 20 years before. And if why do Finnish people do it anyway? What's in the Finnish psyche that they want to jump into ice cold water? Uh, it's something like life is hard, then you die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's like cold water, we have plenty. The winter is long, dark. Let's make it even colder, even darker. Uh, make a hole in the ice, jump in, don't ask, come up. And it, it, the, the, the thing is that you feel amazing after it, this. But for me, this is not enough. Amazing is not enough. 
how, for, for me, it's how can you kind of use this cold water as a laboratory for putting into use into your life. So it's about facing absolutely extreme stressful situation in a very calm manner. So uh, then it spills out. When you can okay. do it in the cold water, it spills out in your life. Can I hold you there? Because the title of your book, you have peace of mind linking it with the cold. Do you think yeah. that's the biggest thing that you're achieving and other people are achieving when you do cold war immersion? It's almost that you have to train the brain to deal with stress. Yeah, you have to train the brain to deal with stress. And it's not only kind of the side, that's a, that's a psychological uh, part of it, but we have a physiological part of that also. And that is uh, uh, your autonomic nerve system. How to get a handle of your autonomic nerve system? You get, you got to get a handle of it before you jump in. Before, if it's like you, you, you tell somebody who is really stressed out that hey, you know, ice baths they are really re relaxing. You learn to calm down. Now jump in. What will happen? You'll probably die. <laughs> so, so I don't want to kill anybody. So uh, no, no, my message is you really have to get a handle mm. of calming down before you go in. So as you get in, the cold shock kind of hits you uh, uh, in every aspect. Also the psychological aspect, you, you feel panic. But if you have learned before you jump in how to calm down with the breath, you continue to do that as the cold hit, a shock hits you. And then sooner or later, in a couple of sessions, you will learn how to get back to the cool, pun intended, as you still are in the cold. And when you figure that out, then it's kind of total new picture. It's a total new planet you're landing on. So you, you discover that this is possible. You can stay here. This is, this is nothing. And when you come up, uh, you realize what you have done. The next time you, you uh, hit a very extreme situation, you might use this same lever to get your cool back. I, I, can, I can agree with that, uh, Magnus, what, what you said, because uh, sometimes when I do uh, cold baths, it's if you're prepared and you go in, it mm. could be, well, I wouldn't say necessarily relaxing, but it works, the, the yeah. preparation. But if you go in and, and don't do the preparation and you, you do it just to get on with it and you're kind of semi-stressed, it acts as an amplifier. It amplifies the stress that you already have. Kind yeah, of yeah. Patrick, I would say somewhat to breath holes. If you if you go in calm and you kind of just surrender into a breath hole versus okay, now I gotta do my training, I have five minutes, it it it's the it works in a different way. So the same training could have two different outcomes, I would say. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like a medicine. Medicine can be toxic in wrong dosage. Mm. So so the, the beginner dosage 
is like when I give an inter uh, uh, session, it, it lasts between one and a half hour or two, two and a half hours, uh, depending on the situation and the group. And then we go only once into the cold. So I, I use what, uh, kind of one hour just to explain what is going to happen on all levels. And then we do 20 minutes of, of, of breath. And then we go in and then we, then, then we come up and, uh, well, if it's very short, we can go straight into the sauna and just feel what is uh, going on in the, uh, in, in, in the body and in the mind. So it's kind of a meditation. And then, then, we try, then I try to answer all questions they have. Why didn't we die? We stayed in five minutes. I heard people drown when they go through the ice. What's the difference and what? And, what do you, what do, you do, Magnus? The, the, what type of breathing exercises do you do the, in those 20 minutes for beginners? I, yeah, for the Rona, beginners. Uh, 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 you put on the light. Pardon? Sorry. Okay. So, so uh, my main emphasis in, uh, on techniques that uh, uh, you can elongate your exhalation. Yeah. So we, we go towards a very, very long exhalation. So to activate the parasympathetic uh, nerve system, that's number one. And when you do that in a very relaxed way, so you don't uh, press your ear hunger, the, the CO2 tolerance starts going up slowly, a little bit. So you will feel better circulation in your fingers. People tell that after 10 minutes, they are very warm fingers. Their, their faces are blushing. I say, okay, uh, that's the, the, this is the first thing. Your, your blood circulation is now uh, going better. This will be less painful when you get into the cold, as long as you can continue with long exhalations. So my first emphasis is, uh, I had this emphasis on, 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 on breath for, for more than 30 years. The most important thing is to le learn to relax your exhalation, because that's the relaxation phase of your most uh, important breathing muscle, the diaphragm. So when you learn to relax the diaphragm, the inhalation comes naturally. You don't have to work with that. So that, that's for beginners. Uh, we do a couple of breathing exercises with all emphasis on the exhalation. And then um, with, with the last uh, breathing exercises, exercise, we use the same exercise as we go into the cold. And then I go, always go with the clients uh, uh, into the cold and I, I, I remind them all the time, now you're breathing too fast, now you're breathing too strong, calm down longer exhalation, don't mind the inhalation, that comes later, and so on. Okay, and so, you tell them also to expect to hyperventilate when you hit the cold? Yes, I, I'm, I'm telling them the whole story. Yep. But it, it, it's not so hard because in Finland, most people even thinking, uh, well, I think yeah, all over the world, most people even thinking about going to the ice cold makes them breath, hold their breath or, or start breathing faster. So, so then, then it's a very, so you can demonstrate the di difference very clearly even before you go into the call. So it's never a surprise that they go. <laughs> yep. Yep. And how do you do when, when they actually go down, uh, uh, do you do it 
quickly as in five seconds, just go down, or you take it very yeah. slowly over two minutes? One exhalation. Okay. With one exhalation. It, it, it's like, okay, now breathe in. On the exhalation, you start walking the stairs, up till you have the water here. Yeah. Because it, it's a, otherwise it will be a very prolonged, painful situation. It, it, it's a, it's very painful to stand with with, with uh, water up to your knees. Your 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 toes will go numb in like ten seconds. But if you immerse yourself up to the neck, uh, it's different. You get the whole body starts responding in a different way. All uh, kind of the thermal reg regulation starts already. But the most important thing is to understand that if you are in a fight or flight mode, what you are teaching your body is to either get out or, or use willpowers to stay there. That's fight or flight. And that's not adaptation. And then, and then you uh, psychological teaching yourself, this is dangerous, you got to fight it, and then you lose the whole point. But so, so if you can, Go in, calm down, your body, as soon as you are relaxed, or so let's say not fighting anymore, because relaxed, relaxed is a very strong word in this, in this yeah. case. <laughs> so so uh, when you stop fighting, you start adapting. That's the thing, you either fight or you adapt, but you can't do it at the same time. Well, you can adapt to fighting, it's not a good idea. So the, then they stay in for as long as they can. Yeah. And then when they come out, what yeah. do they do? I know it depends a lot, uh, but if you're a beginner, been in for a minute or two, whatever, uh, what do you do to kind of heat up? Yeah, uh, we, we do mostly static holds in, in, a, uh, in, in deep squat positions or, or, or planks, or we do very, very slow uh, squats. Uh, with holding our breath, because somehow that helps to, to heat up. So no cardio exercise, because that may, may, makes the blood run too fast. So the, the difference in, 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 in heat in, in the body start, starts level up too fast. You have a very extremely cold skin, but your, your inner temperature, core temperature is quite all right. But if the cold kind of gets swept in too fast, it's really terrible. But if you stay less than five minutes, there's, there's no danger of that. If you can stay cool five minutes, uh, the hypothermia is not very likely to happen. And that but, kicks but, in, the sign of that is you start shivering and that comes you start usually shivering. a few minutes after you, you come up. Yeah, yeah, a few minutes after, it's like five or 10 minutes after, you, you, you get the full cold experience. And so then if you start these five or 10 minutes, <clears throat> you do this exercise that I described, just to, to slowly heat up, it's a very mild shivering you might get or none at all. And one thing what I discovered from uh, listening to Andrew Huberman's podcast is that if you put your, your feet in warm water and hands on the hand on, on, on warm surface it, it's 
you you really heat up very effectively. Yeah. So if you put, put put your if you stand in a tray of warm water and do deep squats, it's like wow. Mm. There are areas. There's also your feet, your face, and the palms of your hand, where it's the very kind of effective heat receptors or donators. So, so if you heat up through too much through, during exercise, you can cool down through your palms, for example. Yeah. But then the reverse is true. You can heat up through that. And so how long do you do those uh, exercises after to heat up? <laughs> I, I do like, first I, I ask them when, when, we, when we, we come back in, in the, the warm room that uh, dry yourself and just stand with your closed eyes and feel any shiverings going on. There might be some slightly because it, it hasn't started yet. But we start with doing the exercise anyway. At some point, they say, "Okay, now I'm I'm really feeling some shiverings now." Then we continue, and when they get smaller, the shiverings, then say, "Okay, let's go and enjoy the sound." And we can get back to that. But what's really really interesting about this, uh, I think, Patrick, is uh, when you combine breath work with cold, and also now the measurement devices for HRV during the cold bath. So you've seen, as I've seen, that your HRV goes up uh, a lot. Pulse rate yeah. could go down as well. But here, I guess, could you uh, expand on that when these things happen with the pulse rate first, maybe? Because maybe not the first minute or two, depending on your expertise. Yeah, it's a, it's a shock, shock kind of. <laughs> so, so all stress hormones are flooding. And then your pulse goes up, blood pressure goes up. But if you if you can learn uh, teach yourself to to calm down through the breath, you go back to the breathing exercise you did just before you went in. Then your pulse rate goes down, and it keeps going down, and your HRV uh, uh, goes up uh, quite significantly. Yeah. And then uh, I don't want I, I haven't very much measured uh, what happens during the warm-up exercises but when you are finished you 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 feel warm dry you sit down and do do, do measure your pulse and hrv this the hrv skyrockets and your your heart rate is really down it's amazing yeah. so so the but but the, then then you have done a full cycle you have prepared you have done the cold, you, you have heated yourself up properly, and now you just relax. At that moment, uh, your recovery rate is like grandmaster. Mm. And how, what, is there a difference? I know you do it, but if you also uh, have cold water in your face, does that even, does that also even, expand or i mean decrease the heart rate even more and increase yeah, HRV even more it does it, it does it, it gets your your heart rate down really significantly and that that has uh i mean this is a co common no knowledge actually to wet your face you get your heart rate down and uh, uh i go all the way under the water i i dive under the ice but this is a you don't start like that. There's nothing for beginners or even intermediate. 
it's just a more advanced phase, but it's like you've done something and now you, now, now you are comfortable with that. What would be the next level? So next level is actually free diving under the ice. But you, you uh, <laughs> involves, I got some, I got some ways to go there. We'll talk about that later on. Two things, <laughs> free diving and ice bath. <laughs> How long do you stay under for, Magnus? When you, when you go down under the ice and you're staying there, do you not get terrified the fact that you're claustrophobic and if you... Yeah, it's like um, if you're claustrophobic, it's, this is, uh, let, let's say, let's take this like free diving because I do some free diving too. Uh, and I have a very good teacher in freediving, Johanna Nordblad, who has uh, done 103 meters in only swimsuit, no fins under the ice. Wow. Yeah, she, I mean, you say I'm extreme. I always put her as an example. I'm nothing. Uh, so so um, right at the moment, I, I don't do freediving under the ice because uh, uh, where, where, where I spend my days, I have no, no partner to, to dive with. You don't dive at long. Mm -hmm. So I, I stay a half a minute tops. And it's, it's, it's uh, it just to, to, get, to get a really intense feeling of how cold can I get? And mm -hmm. that's it. For, uh, in, and in free diving, you don't do anything unexpected like like in cold baths you don't don't do anything rash you, you go slowly it's like i have a totally proven method protocol how to get your head under the water you start with your underlip the whole mouth you you wet your nose you wet under the eyes you go up to the brows and then if you can do that with one very relaxed out breath with a sound then you can go then the next thing to go under the water is nothing but i'm always listening to the sound of the person i'm going under the water uh, and, and listening how does it sound does this person do it in a relaxed way or is he or she still pushing it so we get rid of all the pushing no pushing just relaxed be comfortable in a very uncomfortable situation. Mm. That, it's not that, always, it's not, sorry, Magnus, uh, to cut across you. It's, it's not always easy, though. A lot of people come in and uh, they're so stuck in their heads and they're drowning yeah. in thoughts and you're literally putting them into to ice cold water. Okay. They're automatically going to take their attention out of the mind and into their body. Mm. And because these people and many people Number one is they find it difficult to connect with their breath. Sometimes connect with the body is difficult, but even to relax is difficult. Um, <laughs> we've had people over the years ask, how can I relax? Yeah. Just even with that. And I think what you said about the exhalation as well is, is super stuff that during the inhalation, the foot is taken off the pedal. So it's a more mm. sympathetically driven, a stress response. And during the exhalation, if we can really slow down and have a prolonged and relaxed exhalation, the yeah. body is telling the brain that everything is okay. So yeah. you want the body to tell the brain that everything is okay before you get into the water. But how yeah. about different personality types? Mm -hmm. 
So somebody comes into you with high anxiety and panic disorder, mm-hmm. do they find it more challenging than somebody who would naturally have a calmer disposition? You know, I, <laughs> I love those kinds of challenges, really, because those people can, can achieve so much more. Because for somebody who, is, who has really uh, severe anxiety, if I get, can get them to calm down for five seconds, it's like, wow, this major change. And what, what I learned like <clears throat> 32 years ago from Kosana Luka from Roy Hart Theater, she's not alive anymore. But she, she, uh, that was the time when I was at the uh, uh, dance academy uh, still. Uh, she taught us uh, that uh, uh, your voice is the muscle of the soul, very poetically. But, so you, but instead of emphasizing breathe out, you, you, I give them different sounds to concentrate on. The very simple thing that anybody can do and I tell them, listen to this, to this sound. Listen to your own voice. Your voice will tell yourself how stressed or how relaxed you are. Because if I tell somebody now, a relaxed exhalation, and they go, ha! Ah! I mean, seriously, <laughs> I experienced that. <laughs> it was like, what was that? Then I take it really, ah! And they tell them, uh, relax, exhalation. And they go, ha, was that good? <laughs> I go, oh my God. No, the, 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 then, I, then, then I give them, okay, let, let's say, ah, let's say, ah, ah. But that was even better. Now make it longer and so on. So you, they, they, you, you pick up something small, which is connected to the voice, the human voice. There's a kind of, it could also be described as the mirror of your soul. Uh, it's actually a mirror of your uh, psychological or stress or relaxation. And I wonder also, are you stimulating the vagus nerve by virtue of the sound? Because yes. the vagus yes. nerve is innervating the throat. Yeah. Yes. So I think it's a good one. Uh, but what I think is interesting, because we haven't gotten to the last part, but which is if you do sauna. But when you combine breath work with cold bath, you've got like, a, I would say, a stacking. You, you combine two yeah. things yeah. for a deeper impact. If you then would add something on top of that, which is, you know, uh, sauna. Yeah. Uh, but do you, how often do you also, because then you, you can call it contrast training. How often mm-hmm. do you incorporate sauna into your training as well? I always have saunas back up okay. Be, uh, as a safety. Okay. As a safety the back door. And everybody goes through this safety back door. Me, me, me included. Uh, well, uh, not, not, not the ordinary life. I never use sauna in the morning when I jump into the sea. Uh, uh, but, but the thing is, I want the people to have a positive total experience. So it's always a danger uh, that after the cold uh, exposure, is, for example, uh, if it's a good, uh, good uh, group atmosphere, people are supporting each other, they stay longer. But you don't, you don't realize that before 10 minutes later. And if you don't have a sauna backup, it's a terrible experience. You, you, you shiver for half an hour. 
and uh, and then you forget all about what what the, uh, how good it felt at its best and so it's a safety and but, i want people to feel safe but also and, it's it's tricky because also the contrast from going to zero degree water to 90 degrees or whatever you have in the sauna could also be uh, say a little bit dangerous so how do you how do you how quick is the the um, the transfer do you wait five minutes, wait, 10 minutes? The, the, the transition is the five or ten minutes or even more of warming exercises yeah. we don't do that in the sauna we do that before the sauna yeah. so when, when we have experienced the coldest or uh, let's say after 10 minutes it is the coldest moment so mm -hmm. if you have been doing war, uh, warm up during these 10 minutes and you only feel a slight shivering you go into the sauna the shivering stops and you feel just so super relaxed so you you have experienced a small shiverings uh, that, uh, and then you are oh, totally all right but there's always the danger that these small shiverings they don't stop for half an hour and if you haven't experienced that it, it's it, it's like uh, scary it's not pleasant you don't want to come back i want people to come back so so for so for somebody who's a beginner you said you 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 do the this hour of preparation they stay in for a few minutes or, or whatever is this something to that they can do every day or three times a week what's how do you progress to to actually because one time is uh, doesn't mean that much but how do you get this to be a habit what 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 is your suggestion there my, my suggestion is something I've been suggesting about yoga for for more than 20 years. It's like if you do something three times a week, uh, it, it will become a habit. So it will, it's like learning yourself a new language. If you practice three times a week, uh, in three weeks, you will feel, okay, I've got the basics very well. After three months, okay, this is totally doable. After three years, you have a totally new life uh, or, or you speak a totally fluent language. Mm. But I think the, in this uh, cold exposure, it goes even faster. Mm. But, but uh, if you really want the full benefits of something, you should do it three times a week at least. Mm. But so what, what, yeah, yeah. So, so how do you do for, uh, for kind of the next level? Because I know in Finland, most people are more or less experienced. So the ones who want to take it a little bit further, is it the same type of uh, preparation or do you do it in a different way to get to the next level? I do a little bit of different preparation. I, I, I use more breath holes to, to get even that to a, a more uh, next level. To, to, in a comfortable, safe way, experience uncomfortable feelings. Sensations, so the the to get stronger sensations of air hunger. But the, it's always the same. When you feel air hunger, you feel you're suffocating. What you are doing, you are raising your CO2 tolerance. It's a good thing. Blood circulation, oxygenation, uh, parasympathetic uh, response. So always remind them of that. So then we do. We do just harder breath holes. And, and then when, the, uh, and 
uh, about the cold exposure itself, you can stay longer. And then when you feel really comfortable, like five minutes or more, then we start going deeper, deeper, deeper. But through the protocol I just described, never just like, we, yeah. I don't dunk people. I don't, I, that's what I do because, because I'm, I'm used to it. I just dive head first in, but that's because I've been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. But um, this is where experience kicks in because I can see some similarities, Danny, well, we're breathing exercise as well, you know, that we're doing. Yeah. I've made mistakes. As I often said, people with panic disorder, I put, it, put them into panic attacks, anxiety. And I did it too because I dumped them into the breathing exercises. Mm. And now in the last 10 years, <clears throat> we really go gently if an individual has any predisposition towards anxiety and panic and gear yeah. them up. But even with elite athletes, we start off with a few easy breath holds, five of them, and then go yeah. into the five stronger breath holds. There's something about the human body that we have to, it's almost that we're preparing it. It's, it's like this little warm up. So you're doing the same with the ice, but yeah. that's not always how there's something out there in the Western world that the bigger and the better and the louder, the better <laughs> and the more you do it. And that's kind of taking, uh, it's kind of, it's, it's opening it up for mistakes, um, mistakes that I've made in the past, but mistakes that people make in the present day. Yeah, but, but you know, uh, water has been a, a, a great teacher for me. Uh, when I was a teenager, I did competition swimming for 10 years, so from age of 10 to 20. So I, I watched the, the, the black line on the bottom of the pool for hundreds or even thousands of kilometers. Uh, uh, so I think during those 10 years, I got enough of competition sports anyway. So that, that extreme went, went, went away. But then when I, I met Cosano Luca, as I described, uh, the experience I got under the water, when we use our voice under the water, the meditative state I got in was kind of wow. Something I been, had been looking for, for since 12 for, for the last 12 years, doing very, very strong breath works and uh, uh, emotional catharsis. And, and this was just with a long voice under the water. Suddenly I was in a space which I normally had to work enormously to get to. So that was wow. And then I met my, my wife and she, she was afraid of water. I mean, literally. She, you couldn't get her into a pool. But then I found a 32 degrees warm pool. So we went in together, she, she grabbing my hand, shaking. And one hour later, using the same techniques I learned from Kozana, she was just sinking underwater, lying still, holding her breath on the bottom of the pool. I was like, wow, this is something really extraordinary. And we created a uh, a method for, for, for group relaxation and individual tr- treatments. And now these same techniques I actually apply in ice cold water and it works, but it's much harder. <laughs> so it's only for advanced levels. I think like you said, Patrick, it's very interesting with uh, the breath works that we're doing and, and cold because there's a biological aversion to hold your breath. Most people feel a suffocation if they're not used to it. 
most people do not want to go into cold water because there is an aversion. And especially if you, like I said, if you put your feet into it, you're almost cramping right away. So yeah. there is a similarity. And when you combine those two, you, it seems to me, you can actually get a, a, a double effect because you, you're both, you do strong breath holes before, like you're saying, and then also you're in the cold water, but don't, for a long time, for those who are experienced. It's, it's interesting though, because this is where it could be small but confusing, Magnus. When yep. when when you do um, really light breathing mm. and slow breathing, and um, carbon dioxide is accumulating in the blood, it's a vasodilator, and you'll feel it. As you said, the face yeah. goes flushed and the hands get warmer. But when we do a long breath hold, we the bradycardia kicks in, the diving response kicks in, the heart rate slows down the body is going to be conserving blood flow for the heart and for the brain. So it can reduce peripheral blood circulation and the hands can get colder. Does it, does it then make any difference? What do you think is the better approach going into the water? Is it better to do the really light and slow breathing and surrender to it, which is kind of more activating the parasympathetic response or the breath holds, or do you do both? And the other thing about the breath holding is, do you breathe in and hold the breath? Or do you have a normal inhalation and exhalation and then hold the breath? What sort of differences do you see from the reduced volume breathing to the breath holding? Okay, so this kind of also, uh, which level you are, how comfortable you are with the cold. So to, to, for beginners, it's only about the light, very long exhalation. That's the only thing I care about. And the next thing is uh, how light can you make the inhalation? So you have a light inhalation, you have a very long exhalation. Uh, uh, then you get to the, to, to, to the level that, uh, okay, now you, can, you, now you can comfortably actually explore your sensations in the body. So you get even more out of your mind into your body. So it's a total vipassana practice then. Well, it's a little bit different than it's because you have the air hunger. Yeah, you have the air hunger because for me, if you, yeah, for me, the uh, pretty experienced vipassana uh, uh, practitioner since uh, nineteen years of daily vipassana practice. For me, uh, air hunger is a sensation. It's a bodily sensation. So by exploring. Just uh, keeping my attention on the sensation of breath hunger. It, it, it's vipassana. <laughs> it is, but, and this is, you know, and I don't want to cut across you, but say vipassana by S.N. Goenka, the first instruction yeah. that he will say is do not change your breathing. But in actual fact, what we say is absolutely change your breathing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and you, can't, you can't be orthodox about everything. No, because Vipassana and meditation has originated two and a half thousand years ago. Yeah. People were walking world. around with these yokes in their hands. <laughs> it's a totally different story. We have to change yeah. our breathing. And do you know what? Another question. You're a yoga instructor for 20 years. How has yoga, why has it? Imagine, I rephrase it differently. Because sometimes uh, my, I say the wrong thing and I don't want to upset anybody. Imagine, <laughs> imagine the potential for yoga. Yeah. That if every yoga instructor knew what you knew, 
that every student coming in through that door, that the yoga instructor was able to target their breathing from a biochemical point of view, a biomechanical point of view, resonance frequency point of view, surrendering to the discomfort, realizing how to activate the body's relaxation response and take this into their everyday life. And it has not happened, Magnus. It It has has happened happened with a few people, but isn't it amazing? Like the potential is enormous. What you're doing is it's, it's an amazing. Yeah. The first teacher I met who, who was talking about this explicitly like that was Simon Borg-Olivia. Mm-hmm. And after that, my encounter with him, uh, uh, I took, uh, uh, I have started taking two workshops of him in sequential years because he came two times to Finland. Uh, that changed my teaching a lot, really. From, uh, I started at the time where Ashtanga Yoga was about deep breath. Yes. And for some people, it still is. <laughs> no hard feelings, but you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so so it, for, for me, it's a, always tell my students, breathe according to the situation. Don't over-breathe. If you're standing and doing nothing, it's a very light breath. But if you are in a very demanding uh, pose, when your weight or totally on your hands or something like that, engaging your whole body, you will breathe differently. That's okay. But you still don't have to breathe more than the situation demands. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Yeah. I mean, the most simple thing in the world. Be yeah. natural. It's so simple that it, it is, it's not, it's been overlooked. As, as you know, people say common sense is, is not so common. That's right. Hallelujah. Once again. Yeah. Um, and when you do the breath holes, do you, yeah, uh, breath holes. do you do them on exhale or on the, on the inhale? I mostly do them on exhale uh, in preparations solely on the exhales, but the, I'm experimenting uh, now. I'm experimenting, so this is not not something I teach yet. But I'm experimenting with visualization and holding on inhalation for very extensive times. But I'm not sure about how to teach that yet. That really uh, generates more heat, but I, I'm not opening that up yet. Mm. Uh, that, that, uh, because this, I found te- text is that uh, describing this, and it, 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 there are specific names for it, and, and all the shit with, with very complicated visualizations. And I try to make it simple, so I'm still experimenting. So perhaps in two years, I, I come out and say, "Now let's do this," mm-hmm. and then we all sit two hours in an ice bath. <laughs> so, so, Patrick, for somebody who's listening. Uh, can you explain the difference between why you would do on the inhale or on the exhale? Um, mm. that, I think that's important. I think the main things are the blood gases, but also the position of the diaphragm. So it's, it's a very natural thing. If we get into pain that we breathe in and hold our breath. Mm-hmm. So as we breathe in, the diaphragm is moving downwards and the position of the diaphragm, there's some connection between this and pain. And the next time that somebody jumps on your big toe and you let a holler, uh, you'll naturally breathe in and hold your breath. It's a natural kind of in, in reaction. 
with, with breath holding to disturb blood gases, if we breathe in, we're taking a full lung full of air into the lungs. There's a lot of oxygen in the lungs. We have to hold our breath for a really, really long time in order for the cells to use that oxygen up so that we can drop our blood oxygen saturation. So a breath in and a hold is not necessarily a hypoxic, it's more hypercapnia that the CO2 is increasing, but oxygen may not necessarily be dropping. So we typically favor the normal inhalation and exhalation and hold because the diaphragm is up into its resting position. And also we're doing a breath hold that where we find it, it's physiologically easier to drop the blood oxygen saturation and increase the carbon dioxide. Mm. And uh, we've done it with squats as well, which is interesting that you're bringing it in because the leg muscles during the breath hold, you seem to be able to drop the blood oxygen saturation quicker than say just during w- walking or whatever. Um, but breath holds, I find are phenomenal, but I would say is as well that they're not for everybody. And mm. to do exactly, you know, as we spoke about, to go very, very easy at the start and just gently build your body up to them. But uh, there's something very primordial in all this, isn't there? Yeah. Breath holding, underwater um, yeah. immersion. Like it's something that we've been doing since day dot, whether did we, you know, whether we, we have originated from the sea. And so it's almost that we are going back to basics. I, I yeah, think that's I, I think that's very interesting because I think that's exactly uh, it. But now we have these devices like a pulse oximeter mm-hmm. to measure if you do a breath hold on the exhale. You have aura rings uh, to to measure heart rate variability. So if you can, if you kind of combine these primordial things with actually technology that you can measure on yourself, you don't go around saying, "Well, I feel good." You can actually measure it, and you can see how much your HRV improved. You can see how your pulse rate dropped. You can see what happened to your oxygen saturation. I think that's very very important. So you can kind of own it yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. Uh, so I think. The combination of these two uh, is very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. think there's also something else happening in terms of doing long breath holds that increases blood flow to the brain? And it's there's, it's, it's so many. It's almost that we're getting the autonomic nervous system and we're shaking it. You're you're doing a long breath hold to increase blood flow to increase carbon dioxide, drops blood pH as a calming effect in the brain. The long breath hold at the same time can have a stress effect. There's two things yep. going on yep. and yep. you're, you're combining the reduced volume breathing and breath holds. So on one hand, you're relaxing and down regulation on the other hand, you're stressing and then you're getting and, into and the cold the water and you're, <laughs> you're, it's a stressor. And then you're coming out of that to recover. It's relaxing. And then it's kind of nice in a sauna. I don't know. I wouldn't consider a sauna to be a stressor, but maybe it is physiologically because it's ramping up the heartbeat a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's, it's doing something that we as modern human beings don't do. You know, we, we don't even walk down to the, the field. We, we get into our car, we turn a switch. Everything is yeah. done for us kind of stuff. We can always buy ourselves out of our uncomfort. Yes. So if we don't want to go to the shop, we order delivery. We don't want to cook. We go to a restaurant. Yeah, it's too cold outside. I stay inside. So, so you, it's kind of, you paint, this is a friend of mine, this metaphor, you're kind of painting yourself into a corner. Yes. <laughs> yes. You have no, no space to move anymore. 
So this is what what uh, so this work I do, uh, what you do, we're putting ourselves in a zone of uncomfort to feel comfortable in our uncomfortable zone. That enlarges our life, expands our experience. Uh, we can feel much more appreciation for life, more gratefulness, more love, more stillness. Because if yes. you always aim for your comfort zone, uh, you can never get your comfort zone here. It, it, it's just one, one big noise. So you have to get out of the comfort zone to get reduce the noise here. So that, that is kind of ice cold peace of mind. <laughs> it's what I've been looking for all my life. <laughs> I made cold. a professional career out of it. <laughs> and, and Magnus, finally, if you if you are really really looking to push it, I mean, most people would say five minutes is really pushing it, but. There are always different levels to the madness. So, if you if you're quite experienced and want to take it further, um, mm. would you say what 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 extra is it? More exposure to the cold? Is it more breath work? Or is it combination? Is it more also uh, visualization? Or what what else do you do if you really want to push it? Whatever you 10, 15 minutes or longer in the yeah. cold. I would say push it. That now it comes paradoxical. Push it in a way that you stay even more relaxed. Yeah. So so uh, the point is not actually how long you stay, but how do you stay? What your what's your state, whole phys physiological and mental state while while you are in the cold? How how relaxed? How effortless can you be? The, the while you are in the cold. If you have to start fighting, get out. Then, then that's not the point. Mm. The point is to stay uh, li like uh, this is the most relaxing thing ever, like forever. But there comes, mm. there comes a point where, when you will feel the first signs of hypothermia, small shivering. You should actually get out 30 seconds before that <laughs> that's very hard to do yes yeah and magnus there's a dose and there's a duration here so say for example we don't have ice typically in terms of outside our environment the temperature is is quite moderate um so people will be using baths mm -hmm. cold cold water but no ice mm. that's that's a dose of cold but it's a, it's a lighter dose and the duration then is the length of time that you're saying there. Is, is there any benefits just getting into a, a bath of cold water without ice for people who might be a little bit apprehensive to talk of the ice? Of course. Anything that feels uncomfortable, uh, staying comfortable with that sensation is beneficial. But there's nothing, nothing in the world like zero degree water, one or two or zero degree water. Even four degrees or, God forbid, six degrees is not the same. It's really not the same. Because the cold water pools in most swimming holes we have has a temperature between six and eight degrees. And people think that's terrible cold. I think, yes, it's terrible, but it's not cold enough. 
Because, <laughs> I mean, it's not the same effect. It's like it's like uh, diluting your coffee with water. God forbid. <laughs> I, I it's interesting, Max. <laughs> Patrick and myself, we always talk about changing states. How do you honestly? How do you feel um, when you're in zero degree water after? I don't know. When what at what minute at five minutes ten minutes are you usually the most relaxed? Uh, <clears throat> uh, for me, it's the three first minutes that are the hardest to get down to a, a very a relaxed state. So after three minutes, it gets easier. And I say, I you, you get pretty good optimal results after five minutes. Then uh, I get up usually. But sometimes I stay longer. And when I stay really long, the, the rest of the day is like, uh, I, I give this description. I did it in the book. It's like you are full of something that is really nothing. You, you have no thoughts. You're totally empty. But there is a wow going on. It's like Buddha. Who has taken a dose of cocaine? <laughs> what what what? I was interested because you can measure these stuff with uh, aura rings and, and so on. Now I know you've done it. I've done it. I think I don't know if anybody measure brain waves. It would be extremely interesting because I know yes. they do it in meditation and monks and so on. Somebody who can stay long enough to get readings if the brain waves actually change because yeah, that would about be. They've been very interesting. Yeah. Very okay. Interesting. So, yeah, you haven't seen anything about that, have you? No, uh, I haven't tried it. I, I, I know a device which you put on like this. Yeah. And, and you try to synchronize your, your brain waves. I, I'm yeah. not so familiar uh, about it, but that would be kind of the next step. Yeah, I've actually heard about I, I forget the name again. Muse. But... I think it's Muse. Is yeah. It? Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. So maybe that would work, but it would be very, very interesting because. Uh, Patrick and myself uh, usually talk about changing states. Yeah. So it, with breath work, which is you always have your uh, your breathing with you, so that's the best way. But if you can do it uh, also, or stronger or faster with mm. the cold, it would be very interesting to measure to see Indeed. what kind of response you get. Because some people respond differently to breath work versus the cold versus sauna mm. versus training. So. And if you combine them, you may get stronger effects. So um, yeah. this is the difference between now and 20 years ago. You can, yeah. you can measure these stuff. In 20 years, we will know more. And what we know today about hormonal response is that dopamine goes up like bomb. And that's a, the sensation uh, like cocaine. I never tried cocaine, but I have been on serious dopamine effects after the cold. <laughs> <laughs> that has been different. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm not on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but I, also, let me say, add what I would be most interested in to uh, research that measuring uh, three hormones uh, uh, during the cold and after the cold. And that would be uh, uh, mentioned dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin. Because uh, I have a theory that all these uh, uh, three hormonal levels are highly raised during and after the cold. So that would be kind of the same effect as ecstasy has. I never tried ecstasy, but I've read a lot of research about it. 
And what is unique about that is that serotonin and dopamine are present at the same time, which is a unique effect. And I seriously expect those levels to be uh, uh, very high during cold exposure and after cold exposure. So that like uh, today, MDMA uh, assisted psychotherapy is coming. So what about cold exposure assisted psychotherapy? There's no money to be made from it. It's not going to happen, Magnus. <laughs> yeah. I, I know, it's tragic. Everything that's free is of no interest. Mm. Can't monetize it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Daniel. I'm just conscious of Magnus's time. Um, yeah. it's, been a, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Magnus, and for you putting out your information as well so freely it's been it's been wonderful you know um and just that when we were starting i can only imagine you were saying that you were living off grid and i was asking you about life work balance and what's your definition of life work balance <laughs> uh, i i'm a very bad example well we're probably the best one i've heard come on <laughs> I, I, no, so when I had my, still I had my yoga studio um, uh, uh, less than one year ago, I, I was working uh, quite, quite a lot, really. And, and before that, I, uh, I used to teach so much yoga that uh, sometimes uh, uh, I got back pains. And that was kind of a sign for me. I've done too much now. Just take rest. Take a couple of days off, take a lot of naps, uh, and, and and chill. And nowadays, I I just do this. I take a lot of naps and I chill. I do I, yes. I, I do only gigs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, yeah. How's that for balance? Yeah. No. No. It's 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 so important, isn't it? It's absolutely is. Um, yeah. Will final words, Daniel? No, that's it. I I I hope to come back to you, Magnus, and and do a more podcast. It'll be interesting to see actually uh, you know doing more measurements and, and uh, yeah to see what you can get from this so I'm, I'm looking forward to talk to you in the future magnus appleberg if people want to reach out to you um, now that you have your business head and you've changed your email from society of ice holes so <laughs> how do they reach out to you yeah they 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 find my my website magnus and your and, your new book but but uh, uh, I'm not very good at, uh, uh, at maintaining that website. Best way is Instagram, iSlab method. Yeah. Instagram, iSlab method. Great yep. stuff. Yep. It's been a pleasure. Thanks very much. Thank you, both of you. This was, this was also an honor. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>